0: This is just winging it.
1: And here we are, just winging it as always. I'm John Abdullah. I am Patrick Green, winging it, barely holding it together, and we're all, sending a lot of good vibes out because people will be hearing this right before a pretty freaking intense week starts. And so I just want to What are to you say talking it. about? What's intense? What? <laughs> Doesn't it feel like on. we're all
0: just holding it like there's a we're all sort of collectively just holding our breath? Like and Yes, it does. And yeah. it's either going to end in like a a sigh of relief um at some point i don't even know when that would come or i don't know what's gonna happen with that or something else Or or our heads are gonna
1: fucking explode you know yeah is this is this air this is airing before the election this is airing before the election. This is airing yeah, so I don't even know what today is, which we're going to get to the reasons behind that. But yeah, so it is Thursday, October 29th as we're recording this. That's right. Uh, thank and, you for that yeah, context.
0: Cuz <laughs> who most, knows by me, the time by know. the time
1: we release this, we could like everything could have changed anyway, you know? Like oh who knows? God. I know. You know what I've noticed uh, is that I have... What have you noticed? I know you're a a big... Oh, I've I've noticed that the sky looks uh, pretty blue, although it doesn't lately because it's been fucking raining for nine days now, John. mindfulness, mindfulness right there. That's about the... That's the bare minimum of (laughs) mindfulness. No, I've noticed... I know you're a big New Yorker fan as well. Uh, I... And I, I, I love The New Yorker. I can't even read stuff like that anymore. When even you first said out- that, I was like,
0: I'm, I'm not, I mean, I like New York, but I'm not like a huge New Yorker <laughs> You're fan. You're a New Yorker fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. John. Yes, I am a New Yorker fan. But go ahead. Is of it the, about the Obama? The magazine,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not about a, a particular issue. But the, okay. so, to me, The New Yorker has always been like great for many reasons, one of which being that it's usually weekly. So it's like, you know, it's pretty current when the issues are coming out. right. But it feels like so old that every time there's every, like a new issue, I'm like, I, why am I even reading this, is, this right I, now? I totally agree with you. In you fact, notice that? But it, to
0: me, though, it's a reminder of like, oh, yeah, this is the pace at which maybe my life would be better if I were not so consumed with the na- day-to-day news. I know. And frankly, like, you know, maybe what life could be if we had a different president. <laughs>
1: But it's like even even within the day, if I'm yeah. not checking in with the news cycle every I, I mean, know. honestly, hour sometimes, then I feel like I have missed so much because I have. That's that's what's getting because crazy. Because you have. That's right. Because <laughs> I actually have missed <laughs> substantive things that have happened within the hour, which of course I can't do anything about, right? Yes. And that's something that I am really juggling with. And this is another this is another one of those episodes that's not gonna age well. I'm gonna I'm gonna call that right now.
0: I mean, the thing is like we could Obvi- the obvious topic right now would be the upcoming election, but we're not going to do that. You know, that, that's that, go listen to that topic everywhere else. There are many right? other podcasts that will unpack that.
1: Yes. But what, what I do think, I do think that there is something to it worth unpacking a little bit before we get rolling. Okay, so I'm wrong. Which go is, ahead. I was having a conversation with Greg of Greg and Meg this morning about Greg this. And Meg, yes. mm-hmm. Greg and Meg, yes. Greg and Meg. Um We were talking about how, uh, so he has been basically only reading The Economist's Polling aggregates because it's okay. like he's just he's decided that that's what he trusts, that's sure, a, sure, sure. Is depend on and so he's kind of blocking out any of the white noise about other things okay whereas i have gone down the fucking rabbit like i am i am off the deep end john i am up all what night are all those charts behind you you, <laughs> you see there's, there's <laughs> little lines drawn yeah, yeah, yeah. between everything yeah i haven't changed in a month no i feel like i, I have at 538 has this like electoral calculator thing of course, that you can of play with to see what happens when different votes get tallied in different yeah. places and I have probably all the numbers. 30 hours on that. And I'm sitting here fucking writing down like historical <laughs> electoral data from different districts in Nebraska. So give like, it what to us. What are you... am I doing? So what's, well, the, tell you what what's your doing. summary? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I'm doing actually before I, before I tell you what's going to happen, before I yeah. prognosticate. Yes. Uh, let me tell you what I'm doing. What I'm doing is giving myself this incredibly stupid illusion of control mm-hmm. that is, that, and this is what I was saying to Greg this morning, is an illusion and I'm aware of that as I am indulging it, right? Like, uh, I know that by trying to understand this, there is zero point to it. I am well, fully
0: aware of that. And underneath that, I, I, that so resonates with me because I see it play out in work and in life in so many ways. Um, and of course, maybe you won't be surprised that I'll take this to the place of agile.
1: <laughs> I literally was about to make a joke about that. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> foundationally... It's real. Yeah, in all seriousness, foundationally, we... There's so much comfort in living lives where we predict, right? We spend so much yeah. of our time planning and predicting, and now more than ever, we're faced with um, life that is changing so rapidly, constantly that it's just an outdated model for for living. You know, never mind working, and that's why agile has become so big. But like the idea that we move from predictive to empirical—that we actually focus on, okay, here's what's, you know, here's the information we have, here's how I adapt, and just constantly kind of working in that way. I don't know. I found it to be liberating and it should be a whole topic because we could explore it and I'll tell you way too much about agile. um, But you know, that's, that would be
1: great. I would personally really benefit from that, John, because I'm off the deep end right now with this it.
0: Shit. Seems it. it seems really like am. it,
1: yes. And you know what's funny? I've been thinking a lot about the, the differences between this and 2016. Obviously, everybody has, right? In right, 2016, obviously. I feel like people were like, oh, like, here's a couple polls we can look at. Look at this trend. Like, look at this trend. Now, everybody I talk to has like a doctorate in fucking electoral polling mechanics. Everybody, like, we're all so wrapped up in this shit that we are having these, like, debates about the Supreme Court, you know, the constitutionality of of late va- ballot counting all these ridiculous things that six years ago for example like none of us gave it two shits about it. if you were in political science maybe you did yes but like yes. but now my mom is fucking reading these things and asking <laughs> me questions about like what do you think wisconsin is like blah 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 blah. like is this, is this like a, within the polling data you know is this yeah, the version yeah, of yeah. error and i'm like mom i don't know like what is-? it is crazy how much we have changed It's insane right you know yeah really yeah is.
0: but anyway, that's it we're gonna put that
1: all in a box a dropbox where you should mail in your bed. ballots.
0: I've been yes. doing um, phone banking too, which has been an interesting that could be a whole other topic, yeah. but that's been a kind of a fun way. I've felt this like guilt of not doing more this whole time frame and finally I, I've not done much. Like I don't want to, you know, pretend I'm this like Whoa, crazy.
1: Mr. A- Patriot over I've you.
0: done I've done two phone banking sessions, you know, 2 hours each and it's it has been illuminating in terms of um you know, just how the stakes obviously are so important and Um, there are just these few, you know, states that unfortunately, because of our system, um, will determine so much of this election and like, to think that, you know, it hinges on people literally remembering to like sign their ballot, you know, and the value of just reminding people to do that and to get, to mail in their ballot and all this. So anyway, but we're going to put it in one of those drop boxes where you should put in your ballot if you haven't already, please. Um, and yeah. we're gonna if move. you're listening
1: to this and you have a mail-in ballot and you haven't mailed it yet oh, just go fucking drive it right now because yes. that shit is not gonna go over well and you know what
0: if you're listening and it's sunday still you too my friends can uh go and go and volunteer some time go to whatever candidate you're you know you're you're um on board with and they'll have ways to volunteer the phone banking honestly was like kind of fun because it's so low stick like I'm, not, I'm just a volunteer and I'm just calling people who can never get a hold of me. So there's some freedom in that. <laughs> that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's like, you know, it was kind of an interesting research uh, experiment, if you will. How many people picked up? Oh, very few. Um, it was very much, you know, there's, of course, uh, for me, the correlation was like, you know, the older they are, the more likely they are to answer the phone yeah, and talk to me. That's the thing. Yep. And I had some delightful conversations with like, you know, 70 plus um, year old women who um, were just cracking me up, frankly, but... Um, yeah. So it's kind of fun. Um, I think so, sometimes
1: about what it would be like to live in <laughs> Pennsylvania right now. Yeah. For example, and just right. what, a, what a shit show that must be. Because- and how
0: annoying all these calls, you know, <laughs> I was it thinking about crazy. that <laughs> with every call I was making. I'm like, damn, I'm just fucking it. Well, one guy was, uh, <laughs> he's like, are you, I asked him, you know, are you voting for for uh, Joe Biden? And he said, are you sitting down? And I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Should I be prepared for this? What you're going to tell me? And he's like, "Sit down and touch your nose," and then he said, "You've been noticed," and then he just hung up. <laughs> You've been given notice. You've been given notice, and then he hung up. What did that even mean? Do you know, I don't know, but I'm sort of expecting a ring-like situation. Where, yeah, it um, could be a curse, John. It could be, yeah. I've noticed my nose sort of feels like it's falling off right now. I don't know if that's something. To yeah, do something with it.
1: weird's going on with that thing. I can see um, it right I've now. Just, I, I had to put like it back on nose. earlier, like
0: Mister Potato
1: Head. Yeah. 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 You should swap it though. You know, I think you should get a healthy one. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Camp- campaign volunteering is something that I have stories about. Also, I think that that would be a funny, a funny. Episode. It would be. Maybe an episode we could have Devin come on. We could talk about like how to be involved. In politics, yeah, sure. Like, 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 well, now that it's too late, by the time we do our next one, it's going to be way too late for that to make any fucking difference for this thing. But hey, there are more elections. Well, maybe. I mean, who knows? Who the fuck (laughs) fuck knows? After this, democratic elections in the future. But our next episode, folks, it could be like.
0: First of all, don't be surprised if you don't even hear from us ever again after this episode. (laughs) First of all, okay, we'll just start there. And if you do, we might sound, look, feel very different than we do now. So I'm just gonna say that. and it'll be what it'll be. We're just winging it as
1: always. It's just sounds of explosions and gunfire in the background. There's like, <laughs> it's like state propaganda I mean, we're laughing, we man, but fucking who knows? Who knows, man? Who yeah, knows? And, I know. and that has become so normalized for us. And so that's what I think we're going to talk about today to a degree, mm-hmm. is how this um, extremely complex situation is forcing parents to parent very differently and work very differently and live very That's differently right. day to day and to balance things out in ways that I know I personally uh, was definitely not ready for um, at all, but uh, to which like nobody is. And, and we are That's all it. having to sort of f- figure this out and adapt and wing it as we That's go right. along. And, yep. um, and, and along the way, I, I, f- I really feel like this is, I mean, this is a, f- a defining moment in our history, just in general, Absolutely, but from a generational standpoint the things that right? our generation has gone right? through econ- economically, like to have been hit twice now with these just debilitating things, Yeah. Um, let alone the fact that we, you know, we were basically just, just coming out of our childhood on 9-11 and, you know, all of these, our, our, our you know, first We've half of our lives been through is some shit by some real
0: shit, right? And speaking of shit, if we could take just even 30 seconds to really shit on boomers um, because <laughs> talk they about a generation, die. talk about a generation that just dodged everything. I mean, honestly, you know, they were, <laughs> they've not really had any major, um, conflicts or wars that they've had to, you know, be involved. I mean, obviously it depends where you fall in your boomer, boomerdom, the um, yeah. but they've, they're this like in between generation before all the shit that has happened now. Um, so, you know, I just want to give one, okay, boomer, um,
1: shout out there. That's a good okay boomer moment I think. To be fair though, they did, in their early years they went through well not in their early early years, right? Their early early years was just like they're fucking kids rampant prosperity, right? Yeah. And then, and then of course they had, you know, Vietnam and they had, you know, the the clean up from the Korean War and all of the stress around the Cold War and things like that. So there, there were definitely huge things going on in their early years, and then it's like they got over that hump and they all got conservative and sort money on Were they fighting in, in
0: Vietnam though? Weren't
1: they just? They were mostly just protesting against it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
0: I appreciate that. That's fair. That's I, fair. I me, mean, me too. Me too. It's just yeah. You the- know, I love, I love my parents and other boomers out there. I'm just saying. It's also our
1: primary listening audience, to be fair. It's ninety-eight (laughs) percent baby boomers. We've just
0: excluded them all, but whatever. Fuck it, I don't care. We're this is we're not getting paid for this shit, so it's true. If our listenership goes down to zero, that's right. If it goes down to zero after this, you know, it's been fun. Who Uh, fucking knows? We'll
1: still keep talking. But but we you know so we had those those things happening in our youth, and and many of our friends you know ended up getting enlisted and going to places like Iraq and Afghanistan and all all of these things you know we've talked about. Yep. Um, and then. Of course, now, like as parents of young kids, uh, we are forced into this just totally bizarre place where we are trying to navigate this incredibly unstable environment as adults, yeah. but also navigate it in ways that our kids can keep up with and, and understand and make sense of. And cope with the failures of the boomers, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and are currently you know, leading boomers. us, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, <laughs> and it's just really, it's really taking a toll on a lot of us, I think.
0: Oh, man, yes. So I think for the purposes of this, you know, as usual, I want to bring it back to like us and what will help us in this moment in our lives, yeah. especially and you, Patrick. That's, you know, I really consider, places. I consider it my sole duty in life to help improve your life. So that's true. Um, I we think do pay you after
1: these. People should know this is actually right. $50 per hour. So <laughs> that's what that's part of why I'm always in a rush is for trying to, try yeah, to yeah, yeah. This is my Just therapy session.
0: So it's been, yeah, exactly. Um, so this, I feel like, there's something unique in the role that we're both playing right now um, as what I'll call, you know, it's not stay-at-home dads. It's like work-at-home dads where we're sex balancing, symbols. you know, we're both, and sex symbols, that's right. Yeah. We're both balancing um, the the sort of unique um, burdens of, and I'm not trying to make this like, a, you know, a, oh, woes me kind of thing. It's just distinct in that both of our spouses are out working um, and we are the person at home, you know, also working, but also being that person um, to help navigate, you know, this whole um, time period with our kids, somewhat in school, somewhat not, and all that. So, I feel like that is worth, you know, digging more into and sort of just setting that um, context out there first to understand better kind of where we're coming from, because it's going to be the basis for, I'm sure, many episodes at this point.
1: Totally, and this is something that you have been dealing with for quite a bit longer than I have. So, I, I do, I do want to sort of go back through some of that with you. Uh, It's something that for me really only started about a month ago when when Micah started working, you know, officially and and doing these mammoth shifts where she leaves, you know, basically in the middle of the night and then comes home. Somewhat after dinner time, but basically for dinner, and and it's, um, it's it's adjusting to that. Which I'm imagining crazy.
0: I'm just imagining you. The before, the before and after is, uh, the before you is basically you coming home like a 50s generation, um, dad, right? You know, just hi, flipping- kids. Yeah, just like jolly, right? Coming home from work. Here's my jock strap, um, Please Micah, put it Exactly. Micah yeah. cooked a meal and did everything yep. with the kids, right? Yep. Um, And then even on weekends and such, you're just like reading a newspaper or The New Yorker, as it were. Usually, it's usually um,
1: newspapers. That's right. It's sitting with a newspaper with with the tie on for some reason. Yes. On and then, so you know, a and
0: then a, a, a diaper change is needed or whatever. And you're sort of like, oh, Micah, can you handle this for me? Right, right. And then um, I like
1: put my cigarette out in the diaper kind <laughs> of a thing. And then, you know, that, it's, it's that basically. Yeah. And
0: then suddenly... There's now where you're like, uh, how would you describe? How would you
1: describe the now version? Uh, overwhelmed is, is is how I would describe it. <laughs> overwhelmed and confused. Um, uh, yeah, but before before this, obviously, you know, we we co-parent and, and we've been of course, of course. dividing up duties, just like it's you guys. Not do. We've actually been dividing the 50s, up duties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's been and and we still do. I mean, I mean, as I record this, this is one of Micah's days at home, and so and, right. and she is with Jude right now on his class call. Um, so, so that's still happening, right? She's still the better parent. Yeah. She still deserves the credit, (laughs) but what, uh, we had an event happen last week that threw all of this into incredible disarray and
0: and remind me and our listeners what this was even before that event, Look, in terms of the structure, right? So Mike is working and then
1: they're both in school full time, right? So before what happened last week, the, the, the event. Basically, the 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 event the uh, the week was this. It was you know so Monday, uh, I can't even remember. Monday, Micah <laughs> goes in goes in for for work uh, to a place that's about forty minutes away. Yeah, And she is there for a shorter shift, which, which is She's like- She's traveling 50 miles per hour. So what time does she get yes. there? At- <laughs> There's a bicycle coming the other direction. No, if I don't lay it out like this, I can't even keep track. So so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so so Mondays typically are this. So Jude gets on the bus at 8.22. Henry goes to his school at 9.30. I start working in between those two things. Uh, and Micah has left at seven. That's, that's basically, that's Monday. Okay. And then, you know, get the kids- Micah comes home, I have dinner ready to go. We're good, we do our family chores for the night, yes. put the kids down, and then I just clean with Micah for fucking nine hours because there's always so much shit to clean. <laughs> yes, i know. stuck here all the time. And I'm like, why are there so many dishes right now? I Every know, night. I know. Um, and then Tuesdays Micah's home and it's like I breathe this huge sigh of relief because we can just sort of divide up who's taking the kids <laughs> where and what's going on. Yeah. Wednesday is Jude's short day. So he goes okay. to school and then he comes home in the middle of nothing, in the middle of the afternoon, it's so weird. Henry is there the whole day. Uh, but then I have a few hours with Jude where he has to do, you know, catch up on some stuff at home, and it's kind of a mess. Um, Thursday, Micah is home mm-hmm. as she is today, which is great. Uh, and then, and then Friday is another one of these days. It's another one of Micah's fourteen-hour shifts where she's gone in the middle of the night, and then comes back after dinner time, and the kids are at school for full days. Got it. Bada bing, bada boom. So got that it, got it. Got it. In a, in a normal world, <laughs> is actually really really easy compared to what it well. had been was yeah, relative, I'm sure, but yeah. Relative, but it was something that I'd gotten used to, which was the, so, so previous to that, Jude was doing his full remote learning except for two days in school. So there was, again, it's a lot of complexity around that that we're all dealing with. But, of course, you know, we had a rhythm established and it was kind of making sense. And my parents were able to come for a couple of hours most days to help out with, mm-hmm. with that so that I could have a few hours of like just concentrating on getting meetings, you know, scheduled and things like that. Um, and then the event happened, which was, uh, we got. I'm gonna take you back to this to this moment. I'm take you for the first time to this moment. Please take, take me on a journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, ready. So uh, October 14th was the day when we were supposed to switch. We did switch back to full in-person learning for the kids, except for Wednesdays, which were which are still remote learning for cleaning and sanitation purposes. <laughs> right. So that meant that I had two additional days per week, Thursdays and Fridays where Jude was also in school. And that was like, I was like, Oh my God, I, this is almost like normal work again. I can actually have time where I'm like alone in the house, catching do up do on stuff. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the, do the jitterbug. Do the jitterbug. You know, Micah just listened to that episode where that joke <laughs> happened. And she was like, before you said the jitterbug, I was like, Oh my God, I can picture him dancing to Wham right now. And she was right. Cause it is the perfect song for that. It's so spot on. Um, but uh, so, so that was what we were looking forward to, right? Was, mm-hmm. was, and, and also the kids are incredibly thrilled to be back, like we talked about in our last episode. So I was, you know, all about it. Monday of that week, the day, the <laughs> first fucking day of in person <laughs> oh learning. Oh God, oh God. There was apparently a child with COVID on Jude's bus. The child didn't know this. We didn't know this. Nobody knew this. This kid went to school. Ah. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> then on Tuesday... Uh, was home sick, I'm sure getting a COVID test. So, so, that, so our last exposure was, was that Monday, whatever the hell date that is at this point. Uh, Wednesday morning, I get the kids on the bus, um you know i'm there with our neighbors you know we're and they're like sort of staggered the buses
0: like each row has only one kid on it kind of thing or the, but yeah you the know.
1: buses have plexiglass shields they're social distance the kids have masks on it's it's a it very comparatively very safe environment right yep with yep, limited yep. exposure capacity no matter what right um but they get on the bus and everything's good i'm sort of going back inside getting ready to go um and then our neighbor calls me and he's like hey did you get this message from the health department i'm like what because they were going down the phone tree and I hadn't gotten it yet. Yeah. Um, and then I we get this call saying that you know we've been exposed to COVID because of a positive test case on this bus route from a fourth grader, um, and the bus has been diverted to a quarantine site. Oh <laughs> and my I'm like, God. What is going on right now? So I'm like, guys, I have to miss on my the ten bus, o'clock meeting. Or Jude is yes, on the bus and on the bus, and then and then what must have happened is this positive test result got reported like shortly before school started yeah so then they diverted the they bus, diverted the bus. what drama yes. oh my god I know. so um so i'm trying to coordinate with my neighbor like where, where exactly are we going because we're getting all of these kind of weird messages that are So out there's of a goal. car chase at this cool. point you're chasing there's a car the bus. chase yep. we're doing fucking donuts it's very dramatic very dramatic because um, their quarantine was out, just to draw,
0: drive the bus off of a cliff, basically, into fat, the, into well, the it was, ocean. It was to
1: drive it as fast as they could to blow the coronavirus <laughs> out of the bus windows, actually. So the bus driver was just fucking peeling a rubber. It was great. 1.21 gigawatts! <laughs> yes, it was a Doc Brown. Um, so so we figure out, okay, we're going to go pick up the kids and then start this isolation quarantine. So we got... And I have to say, seeing the mechanisms click into place for this, I think I mentioned this to you in a text message, was was absolutely amazing because mm. after that initial chaos of just, they stopped, they basically just stopped the bus and they, they were like, who is actually exposed? <laughs> who, who would have been exposed on Monday? Let's get a hold of them. So The, the reason bus why driver just like, leans back. Hey, kids, who is exposed? Get the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the door's open, jackass. <laughs> the kids are crying. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why there was that weird delay was because like there were that was actual contact tracing happening in real time right, which is right. really cool right that's amazing you fucking lose that! <laughs> now I'm just imagining
0: the bus driver turns around and he's actually a terminator just scanning the kids for who who's coming who's come into contact you know and then it's like marked for termination you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> the feet walking down the alleyway right we have to terminate. Um, so, that, but that was contact tracing happening oh, in real time. Man. So that's why there was that little delay is they were it's actually terrifying do, yeah. going through that tree of contact racing, which was cool to be part of it. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, was great. it was actually, it was, it was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, John. Thrilling. Uh, but it was cool seeing it actually happening in real time and, and seeing how, as things sort of clicked and they, mm. they realized what the plan was, you know, we got right away messages from the department of health. We got messages from the school board. We got messages from the principal. We wow. got next steps guidance. We got you know, all of that stuff. And we also got instructions on like how to go get our kids. So we drive drive to the kids. They're building. You a drive fucking... up to the
0: bus while it's going. Jude rolls out. You you know, and you have a convertible, yes. so he just kind of fucking flops right. Into well, it. I yep. did
1: not have a convertible until the Terminator actually ripped <laughs> the roof off and just threw Jude into the car. Like man, <laughs> they are not messing around with this oh, shit. God. So you pick up the kids. It's still it's Wednesday at this point. This is still Wednesday. So so they had been building a tent. In the back of the school athletic fields, this big oh white god. tent that looks like what you saw like in Wuhan at the beginning of the coronavirus with these pop-up hospitals. And Jude's like, I think it's a classroom. And I'm like, that, that doesn't oh look my like, god. A it's like a classroom. There's fucking respirators spread out. Like, yeah, the it looks like holy uh, it shit. It is it is actually like an outdoor learning space. So, but but when <laughs> I pulled that, that was where the kids were being quarantined. So pulling up, I just saw my son in this oh. like white tent in the middle of an athletic field segregated That's from other wild. kids wearing a mask. Oh my god. So I get Jude, and I'm and I'm prepared for him to be like miserable. And he was like, he was like, "What's up, Dad? Like, took <laughs> you long enough." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" So he's been actually like incredibly, again, like we keep mentioning, so resilient with this whole thing. Yeah. Even though he's like, oh, oh man. man, like he wanted to give like Parker or his Beyblades back because they traded, and, and he was like, ah, you know, was disappointed, you know. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But dealing with it fine. But so that meant that after one day, Ugh. one day, we are back again on full quarantine meaning we had no help with, from my parents whatsoever with childcare. Right. Which means that I had basically a week or a little bit less than a week of work that was just absolutely insane trying to maintain. The, this is a, for people who are not in nonprofit fundraising. This is the craziest time of the entire year. And on top of that, so there were like a lot of things that were kind of depending on me being very present for stuff. Yes, yes. That kind of ground to a halt for a little while. And I was like, I have to take personal time to figure out what the hell I'm going to do about this. Yeah. Um Because in addition to being stuck at home, the kids are distance learning, especially Jude is like very specifically distance learning and has a lot to get through.
0: And, and is know? the path, I mean, <clears throat> there's so much here we, we wouldn't have time to dig into, but like, first of all, if they're taking all these measures to keep kids separate and masked, then I'm like a little scratching my head about um the quarantining that happens, you know, if they're in the same space. Cause like if the space was safe or at least deemed to be safe enough, you know, for them to be together. But, so that's one thing. But the other is, um, isn't there a path to them going back if they get tested? Like if they got COVID tested, couldn't they just go right back? Or did you have to no. still quarantine them for the whole time?
1: We, we are still quarantined as well. Wow. Yeah. I
0: think the process for us, and this is the thing, it's different everywhere. Right. And everybody's trying to do the best they can to figure out how to navigate this safely. Um, but I think for us, you can still have the kids tested and have proof of that and then send them back. Um, right. But Which I yeah. think
1: is I think is is great. But that being said, because the testing is not completely accurate and because the window right. from exposure is hard to pin down. The thing is yes. that like, you know, we yeah. of course wanted to get a test right away. Yeah. And the pediatrician was like, well, it's not going to be effective yet. You know, you need to wait seven days from the initial point of exposure. Oh, wow. For it to be dependable. I yeah. didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, we had to okay. wait well, until a couple of days that. ago to yeah. get it. Um, and luckily he was negative and we knew he was because the exposure level was so incredibly minuscule of for course. this thing. Of course.
0: Yes. Yes. Um,
1: and no, none of us had any symptoms of anything, you know, and, and we are already hyper cautious about this. Like the, we, we kind of knew that this was fine, Yeah. but out of respect for the process, you know, we're not going to exactly, you know, push back in any of this. Oh, we oh take totally. It, totally. Take it carefully. You don't want to be that um, apparent. But in the meantime, though, there have been many more cases now coming out that are popping up in different schools in the district.
0: Really? And
1: other people going into quarantine. Wow. This is the first, honestly, I've not
0: encountered any in my personal life or even in what I've read locally um, of any outbreaks in school. Well, that's not true. I've heard of one outbreak in a school. Like the night before they were going to open, there was like a high school outbreak and they just shut, they decided remote learning. Like the Mm -hmm. night before they were going to open. Um, So it definitely is happening. But overall... From what I've been reading, it's been going pretty well in schools in that they're not you know these vectors that we were concerned about um, oh no yeah
1: it. and I should be clear these are not outbreaks so yeah, so there's yeah, there yeah. have been there have been two more confirmed cases okay since okay this happened in a town with like 30,000 people in it so so it's it's really not that bad there have been more presumed cases that have yeah. been then um, deemed not actual real COVID that just came up on like a preliminary test as positive yep um and and I, I really respect the fact that the school system is taking it as seriously as it is because th- these people like the three cases that have happened have been in and two of them were in one school the other one was in a totally different school none of them were in the same classes they're all totally separate yes right um but it's just it's i'm just becoming more aware of oh yeah how this is going to go and like yes and that and that this is how it has to function if we're going to even try to keep this in-person stuff going which i think we kind of can at this point
0: yes you're right to you have to the the jump series. on it immediately yeah, exactly. i mean how that is actually extremely impressive you know that literally uh, the kids were on the bus and they stopped i know
1: the, isn't that crazy and they yeah. stopped the bus
0: yeah yeah that's, I love that yeah that's really good yeah um, so how are you? Crazed. So you're now on week two. Is this the last week of
1: it, or? I think so. I don't even. I don't even know. <laughs> this, uh, what? What? again, today is Thursday, the 29th. This so will was they be back in school last, next week? The last. Assuming uh, our country is still around, yeah. Was Monday of the previous week. So that would mean that I think Tuesday of next week he's cleared to go back because it be, will have been fourteen days. Got it. Um. So, but you know what's. What's weird is that because we were all secondary, so he was primary exposure. We were secondary exposure. Yep. And we were all cleared to resume normal life just with being extra careful. So yeah. Henry actually was allowed to go back to school, but we decided not to do it just out of you know safety until he got a negative test or until Jude did.
0: Right. Well, I don't know about you too. I don't know how much this factored in, but there is that thing where like when one kid is out, it might as well just be both because they can just, it's actually easier sometimes to have both of them because they can be
1: playing yeah. with each other and take up some of the time together. Right
0: um so yeah i hear that
1: but also there's like there's no way i mean what what we I, by the book should have done in this scenario was have jude be on his own floor of the house and yeah. slip him food i'm not gonna fucking do that to our son <laughs> no senior. like are right? they do they really suggest that they do not suggest that okay that's okay. what like the literature suggests you basically you case, construct you an
0: outhouse it. for him and
1: and right. send him over and there yeah. dog food yeah yeah um you know with adults obviously that's that's what, that's what you're supposed to do but with kids you just you're not gonna do that that's that's horrible. Um but I have to say that that really that that very acute period where I was worried about my parents in particular was was excruciating. Oh man because they yes. had seen the kids between that initial point of exposure oh, wow. and the quarantining of the bus. Yeah. So they had had secondary exposure to it. And as I've mentioned on the podcast before, you know, my parents are at risk, especially my dad because of his cardiopulmonary issues yes. and breathing. So that's something that uh I was really worried about. Luckily everybody's fine and you know oh, no dude, good. And they were able. They were able to see the kids yesterday for the first time since this happened because of the negative test. And and they were and my mom like so funny. She came with like so many presents for them, and she was. Oh, so I thought excited.
0: you were gonna say she came in like a a bubble, you know, a Tyvek suit or something. No,
1: I was expecting that's that's <laughs> the other thing too. Another thing I've been surprised by during this one is continually being surprised by how resilient and adaptable the kids are. But the other one yeah. is is I am. Surprise because you know, my parents have been so well. My mom has been so worried about this this entire time because of the you know, because of you know, immunocompromised things, blah blah, blah. um, especially for my dad's sake. And uh, and they both were like, No, like, we're gonna come see the kids. Like, if if, if as long as there's a negative test, you, you can't like keep us out, we're gonna come see our Aww, kids. Again. Yeah, and I'm realizing that the uh, just like we've talked about many times on this since COVID started, people's priorities are becoming more and more clarified I think yes I think we're all yes determining in our personal ways what actually matters right now yes and it turns out what matters more than the potential for danger to my parents for them you know is is being able to see us being able to see the grandkids and that you know and and also that they trust us that we are that we would not be putting them at risk that 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 felt that felt very powerful to me um you know I read I read somewhere that 26 percent of Americans have moved during the pandemic what twenty six percent? Wow! And I, the numbers Is that are true? up a lot because of mm-hmm. students.
0: Ah, uh, okay, students. okay. But still, the point—the point doesn't but surprise me. A lot of, of people have
1: relocated, and a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people that I know have done it. Yeah, and I feel like it's 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 the same exact phenomenon where we are realizing because things are so crazy, that there are certain things that we are ready to do, that there are certain things that we are going to take as an acceptable level of risk in our lives. Yes, And and that's an example of that, I think. But well, anyway. and in
0: fact, that this time is spurring that kind of thought, right? That you, you know what, I do want to move closer to family, or I do want to be somewhere else or in a different situation. And if anything, I think this has cemented some of those feelings or, or crystallized them. So I'm not surprised to hear it. Um, and I I agree with you that in so many ways, it feels like this has been clarifying um, to each of us on uh, what's important in our lives, yeah. right, and really um, prioritizing that
1: more. Yeah. So, how, how have you been holding up? You, you've been, uh, you've had a lot more of a, of a little bit of a head start with getting used to doing the work from <laughs> home full time, single, not full time single parenting, but just doing the jitterbug every day, day, yeah. day mm-hmm. certain days of the week, and doing the jitterbug. Uh, what, what, what's that been like for you?
0: yeah so for us it's a little different um you know bethany is just consistently working every day so like that part is pretty static you know and it actually it's so interesting because her whole experience of this you know she never really um shifted her work too much there was definitely a time period where she was doing more remote calls and such but even then she was still doing going out and doing visits she's a social worker um and so she's still you know doing all of that um and she still has the human connection and so much that I I don't have. It's so much different for me. Um, so she does that. I'm at home. Luke is has been at daycare um, still and, and, you know, he's doing really well there. So that part is also kind of a constant. Of course, the new thing for us is now Grace being in kindergarten. Um, and for us, the way they do it here is this week on week off thing where they have a week where they're at kindergarten only until one o'clock. So that. <laughs> That's not all day. Um, and then the other week is uh, fully remote and fully asynchronous. Well, I shouldn't say fully asynchronous. It's just annoying enough that there are two synchronous moments in the day where they have right. to call They have to call in, which just like makes it even harder. So the way we're managing it is on the weeks that she's there, I pick her up from school um, and then I bring her to daycare. I bring her to the same daycare Luke's at, which has actually been such a gift. Um, you know, it's the same daycare she grew up going to they get to be together. She gets to be with some of her original friends from the daycare and she loves it. So, um, that works out well. And I get this kind of nice midday break, right? Where I get to walk and, you know, pick her up and bring her, um, which most times is, is nice to have that break on the weeks that she's remote. Um, we send her to daycare all day. Our plan was to do all day, but as soon as we actually got the asynchronous work and saw what was involved, we were like, Holy shit, this is kindergarten. And there's, 70 slide, you know, presentation or not presentation, but like 70 slides of, of work to do. So <laughs> we've been having an hour in the morning. I bring her an hour later than we thought we were going to, to daycare. And actually, Bethany works with her primarily in the morning uh, as a teacher <laughs> and, you know, walks through the slides. Of course, she can't read. So like, you you know, the async- idea of asynchronous, read. yeah, Bethany can't read. Right. So Grace is helping her on that That's front. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Grace Grace writes cookbooks. She's an expert. Exactly. So it actually works out. It's mutually beneficial. (laughs) Um, So Grace helps Bethany learn how to read. And so they're doing that for about an hour. And then um, usually I'll then bring Grace. So I'm like, over the course of a day, I'm going to this daycare Um, whatever week it ends up being, there's three times of back and forth to the daycare. Um, which is, by the way, I should say everything's walkable. So that actually has been such a, you know, we're so fortunate to have that. I can walk to the school. I can walk to daycare. Grace is the fucking coolest kid at school because she rides her bike there every day. Um, and she's got like her storm, you know, she's got like the girliest dresses that she loves, but then she has a stormtrooper helmet. And this like right, you know, bright red um, bicycle, and she's just crushing it, you know. Like I see kids be like, hey, I know her, you know, and she's just like yeah. <laughs> she's just like navigating traffic and like people, and you know, obviously I'm exaggerating because it's very, it's it's not a very heavily trafficked area. Um, but I'm just so proud of her, and I just feel, you know, it's just so much fun to be walking alongside her as she's riding her bike to school every yeah. day and like whizzing by. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. Um, so you know basically the rhythm that we're on now we're starting to settle into it and it's kind of nice because um by the end of the week we're kind of ready to stop that routine and go to the other model right where it's not as much back and forth like it just Mm -hmm. you get tired of it each week and you know there was definitely that novelty up front of like oh you know this is working this is good and and we're already getting into the like all right you know this is (laughs) it's getting hard to manage doing all the schoolwork in the morning and then bringing her and and shuffling but you know (sighs) It just is, you know, so like we're trying to do the best. I had this moment actually come up last night that I wanted to share because it just felt emblematic of our lives right now um, where uh, it was it was like after dinner and Grace, um, we had to still do some homework, but we also I wanted to work out, right, because we're trying to be healthier too, lead healthier lives. So I wanted to work out and I um, wanted to do a quick boxing routine in the basement um, and there was dishes everywhere. Bethany still had some work to do. There's just you know, more than we possibly could achieve in the remainder of the night. But regardless, I decided I was going to you know, do some workout and prioritize that so that I could be a better parent with the kids. So I did and that. I mean, and a better boxer. I And a better boxer, obviously. That's, that's because it, yeah. you know, when there is uh, civil unrest, I'll be ready. Um, <laughs> right. I'll just box my way. You know, <laughs> All these NRA. The Terminator toting. robot's going to go. To the around. <laughs> Abdullah. So, so, yeah. so after I work out, Grace is doing, I'm doing her math work with her and that's like, she's not liking it and you know, she's crying and, and I'm, I'm trying to do that thing where you don't help them too much. You let them learn something and it it actually worked out and she was able to draw five, which was like a challenging thing for her to do. Um, she's always does them like backwards and kind of weird. Um, and so she did that and it was feeling good that she was like getting in, things were clicking. Um, and then I, I, um, it's time for bed. So we finished the math work and Luke already like ran into the bathroom and he's starting to brush his teeth, which is awesome. And so I bring Grace into the bathroom and and Luke's in there um, and he has a little stick. It's like a chapstick thing, but it's wart cream um and because grace has this like wart on her foot and so each night we've been putting it on and then you put duct tape on her foot it's probably because she's fucking biking through traffic constantly that's true that's that's a good point so he has cars out of the way so he has this wart stick okay and he's fucking using it like chapstick on his on his on his lips and so you know this happens kids get into stuff that they shouldn't i look at the back of the thing and it says, you know, call poison control if ingested, blah, 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 And I'm like, you know, we've done that before. Have you ever called poison control? No, I've never called
1: You've poison never control. You've never had
0: to with your kids? No. Wow, all right. Apparently, I'm a fucking terrible parent. This is what, like was our- had, what was, it, what was the other thing that you had to call it? On? Oh, there's been at least two other times with, with Luke where he's just Drano. like, it's it's. it ended up in both cases, they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. It's not a big deal. It, it was like some chemical product, I'm sure, one time um that he somehow ingested a little bit of and then i can't i honestly can't even remember what it was um, i feel like this was on just winging it i think we, we talked about this uh, maybe it was so yeah, so our experience they are amazing poison control there's a whole radio lab on how it works poison control and that whole like system it's fucking amazing yeah. you should let, check it I out i think i heard
1: that episode I'll yeah it yeah it's very yeah. good
0: so so we were like you know when you i guess call them are they like are they like Poison control, what's <laughs> up? Like, like, how, just how does it work? So, what do they say? Their tone is so like exactly what you'd want in the moment. It's calm, poison control. What the fuck's reassuring. going on? Reassuring, yeah, but it's also right. direct and like right. you know doesn't waste time. And right. so we've had very good experiences. And so we're like, all right, well you know it says to call, we might as well just call. He just fucking put it on his lips. Um, and then she's talking to poison control, and I'm in the bathroom with Luke. And I hear the tone of poison control and it doesn't sound calm. Like it usually does. Really? Really? They're serious. Yeah. And like Bethany called calm, like, Oh, I'm sure it's nothing, you know? And they're like, how much does he weigh? And she's like, you know, like 30 pounds. And she's like, 30 pounds or like 30 pounds like she's asking serious and she's clearly asking questions in such a way that is like adding you know weight to this and and i'm like oh that doesn't sound normal and then i'm talking to luke and i ask him like did you you know did you eat any and he's like i licked it so you know so it was clear that he's actually and i look at the back of the thing and it's like 40 percent some kind of acid wow so it turns out this is a, a very um toxic chemical that's in it it's acid and it can be extremely dangerous to the point where people actually um it's it's used unfortunately for suicide attempts as well um, war cream yes yes <laughs> so
1: we wait, were wait we, wait wait! i, I want to clarify so so yes. the the acid compound was uh-huh. is, is it salicylic acid Do you know what that's you right know is? yes is that what it is okay yeah so, so that's how did you know that I couldn't huh.
0: even say the word, but when you say it, I say yes because I'm sure that's what it is. It's I might not be saying like it's salicyclic. It starts salicylic? with acid. It's an acid. That's what I know. There's, uh, yeah. there's a I'm Y and a C. There
1: is a, a Y and a C and an L. Yeah, in there. Sal- yes. I, I'm gonna say salicyc. Salicyclic. So sal- whatever that salabicycle, is. Yep. Uh, so they use that for suicide, but they don't actually rub wart cream on their mouth, <laughs> themselves, right? Because I feel like that would be such a terrible way. That would be such like an undramatic, like no, stupid no, no. Way they, to do it. You know? I
0: think they ingest like a lot of it. Right, Of the wart wart cream. I mean, I guess they get whatever version of it that they can. I think it's also an aspirin. Really? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I'm not a fuck. Micah can fucking correct us. Yeah, she'll correct. Please do, please do. So suddenly it goes from us just like doing our nightly routine, you know, being like, oh yeah, we'll call whatever to um, this heightened state, you know, and we were like in a rush trying to get the kids to bed and it was later than usual and all that. Um, It's like six o'clock. And I'm like, you know, I'm listening to Bethany. I go out there. Yeah, six o'clock. I go out and she and I listen because she's on, um, it's, a, it's on speakerphone. Okay. And the woman's asking these questions and, you know, basically trying to get out, trying to understand whether he actually had like ingested a lot of it or, or if it was a little bit. Ultimately, she recommended that we watch him for at least an hour and check on him periodically for the next four hours because it can have a delayed wow, reaction. Wow, Really? So like this was fucking serious. This is some intense wart cream. Yes. So I'll, you know, he's okay. Um and and this was the distinction between us going to the ER or not was just like how much he had and that's why she was trying to dig into that, right? She yeah. like she was on the verge of telling us to go to the ER. Um so we didn't do that. We did, you know, he he doesn't go right to bed, so like we just kept checking on him for the next hour. We did not check on him for the next 4 hours. We we're not, not we're not that great of parents, but wow. you know, at least a couple hours after we did. I mean, honestly, it was like I immediately had wiped his lips and I'm not convinced he really licked much of it, the little shit. Yeah, um, you can tell too, right? Like you, right. you, you get yes. a feeling about it, right? So the reason I wanted to bring this up is it reminded me of, of this amazing excerpt from um, Amy Krauss Rosenthal. She talks about a light switch and you know those moments where you walk into a room and you turn on a light and it just explodes, like it, it, it explodes or not explodes, but it just stops <laughs> working, right? It breaks the bulb. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and, if it explodes,
1: you should probably have a contractor come <laughs> take a look at what's going on with your right. fuse box. So you
0: go into the room, you expect to just turn on the light like any other day, right. and it turns on. And and suddenly you, you flip the switch and it doesn't turn on. And the finality of that, obviously you could replace the light bulb. But um, And she relates it back to the story of her son. Um, They're on vacation and he like slipped through a crack and, and fell down and she couldn't see him for a minute and just that feeling. And it brought back to me in that moment just the fragility of all this. You know, that, that – we're in this fucking cycle, the hamster wheel, and everything's going and we're like, you know, doing our thing and suddenly nothing else mattered. You know, none mm-hmm. of the, our day mattered. It was all of a sudden we were like, if and I, I don't want to over dramatize it, but if he had eaten more of that, um, that could have been life threatening. And I just like, it was just this moment. And again, this was just last night where I was, I had goosebumps cause I was like, wow, like he's okay and we're okay. Um, and, you know, it's just a reminder, I guess, again, of the fragility of all of this and how quickly that light can go out and, and um, you know, not to take it to a dark place, but I guess just maybe a place of, of gratitude for what we have and that, that zooming out from all of this, like, we're going to be okay, I hope. <laughs> um, and, you know, just appreciating
1: what we do have. I definitely think it's a warning to appreciate we have i also think it's a warning to lock up your fucking wart cream on, i think that that should probably not be out the fuck, who, for kids to would eat would you would you ever guess that wart cream
0: was something that you had to like lock up? No, I mean, it was, no but it's I in also, a like, have it, thing. You have it in like a drawer, or is it just like in the kids' we, we do it? it we, no, it was in the bathroom on the counter because we use it every night on our foot. And well, like, he's very did, agile. He can yeah, climb well, up there and do oh, backflips and shit. Oh, he does climb on the counter all the time. That's he the just thing, climbs yeah. up the so little the yeah. the drawers, you know, the handles. Yeah. Um So yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, we're gonna flock up the fucking war cream, and I hope that this lets uh, anyone listening that they lock up their wart cream. Yeah, this is a
1: PSA about wart Um, cream We may have
0: just saved some lives right now. Could you imagine?
1: What (laughs) a good time to do it too, you know? I mean, this is a... No, I think uh, those... We all have those anxieties as parents anyway, right? Yes. I, I know I mentioned on this podcast the secondary drowning shit and how that was like this all encompassing fear for a couple of months. And then we took Jude to the hospital because he like went underwater for too long. All those moments where that remind us of how, you know, potentially, I mean, one of them is, you know, there's a hiking trail that that we adore that is in our town that takes you up basically like to a 600 foot exposed ridge on a hillside Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. has like almost a vertical drop beneath it. Um, and we are, you know, very safe. I'm not, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. So I'm <laughs> climbing all over the place, but the kids are very safe. They like very walking earnest. alongside the edge. Yeah. yeah I, I have no chill as we've already established. Yep. Um, and they're very safe, but like, there are those moments up there where I think like, Oh my God, what if a wind gust blows, you know, and that, and that little moment. And then of course I like move them away a little bit farther, even though they're not on the edge to begin with, but I'm like, you know, you never, you never know what can happen. Right. And those little moments are, um, with us all the time, and I really personally feel like they are heightened because of the vulnerability that we feel more generally right now, just absolutely in so many ways. And and I'm I'm trying to combat yeah my instincts on that and separate where my anxieties begin uh, rationally versus irrationally. Um, and I uh, you know one of them is a the freaking trampoline, which of, of course has been a starring element of this podcast for a few months now. <laughs> yes, you know we're still we're still on that quite a lot. But a couple of weeks ago, Henry uh, landed with his knee locked. Oh. And, and, I, and I was right next to him and I saw it bend the wrong way a little bit. Oh. And, and in that moment, and it, of course, you know, I dislocated my knee in, in very publicly once. And so that was that's something that I'm also very paranoid personally <laughs> about. But in that moment, I was like, "Whoa, I really got to be careful on this trampoline with these kids. Like that's yeah. something, yeah, you know, and, and I, but I also, then I went into this whole thing where I was like uh, really paranoid about the trampoline for a couple of days. And I didn't want them to go on. I actually told them that they couldn't go on for a couple of days um, for their safety quote unquote, but it was really for my mental health because i couldn 't deal with the fucking anxiety that I was feeling every time I saw them jumping on it, yeah, yeah, and that is not fair to them whatsoever, but it 's also something that is real, I think you know
0: it 's real, and like i don 't know what the sort of clear takeaway is from all that other than um, acknowledging the fragility of of our lives of what is important to us um, and being vulnerable to you know and that was a core piece that came through and the book of joy and uh, the other all joy, and no fun book that um, we had talked about where um, joy is very much sort of bound up in that, in that vulnerability. And Mm -hmm. that at any moment, you know, you can lose it. And there's almost a fear of joy that Brené Brown actually talks about this a lot um, because to acknowledge it and to really experience it is to also kind of own the fragility of it all and that it can, it can vanish. So, you know, it is, I think just, um, being, being okay with that and accepting it (laughs) and not necessarily like all of a sudden, you know, living your whole life frantically trying to lock everything up or not let your kids use trampoline or whatever, obviously take practices, you know, take certain measures or whatever, but lock
1: up the war cream.
0: Um, mostly for me, yeah, it's just like chilling out a little bit on the day-to-day stuff, trying to, and, and, uh, really remembering, you know, what amazing lives we have
1: and what amazing kids and families we have. And uh, this is reminding me as, as we close a little bit of, uh, the, the film about time that I know you just watched because yes. I just watched it because yes. Peter from the Midwest has been hounding me for like a year and a half what a to watch good it. recommendation. And we finally did. We finally it's a great listened. movie. Yep. Um, 2013, check it out. It's, it's got Dom Hawkins and Rachel McAdams in it. It's, it's, it looks like it's a romantic comedy and it kind of is, but it's also about deeper themes that I think people oh, totally. like. Um, and, uh, and so I was talking about it with Peter and I was mentioning how something that I really appreciated about it was that, the, the ephemeral nature of all of these experiences that we have are what make them special in the first place. Yes, And that we can do all that we want to hang on to things. Like I've talked about on the show before, you know, I can avoid looking at old pictures of the kids to avoid feeling the pain that those pictures are from the past. Right. I can avoid letting the kids play rough because it will, you know, I, I will escape the pain of them being hurt in the first place. I can do all of those things as a, as a parent because they are very much the easy thing to do. Yes. But the reason I am consistently trying more and more not to do those things is because I'm leaning into that feeling that I get and realizing that it's there for a reason, you know, Mm. that the reason why I feel that pain is important. The reason why I feel that fear is important, that it's not just uh, that I shouldn't use it as an escape or a defense mechanism, that I should use it as proof of the importance of this moment in my life and and of the beautiful fact that I'm aware of what I stand to lose at any given time. And that if we can live not with the fear of loss, but the simple awareness of it in a deep mm. and continuous way, yes. I think we're okay. I really think that that to me is how you become active and mindful. And, um, and I just know, and this is, you know, for our listeners out there who I know are dealing with this too, the, the level of, of anxiety that we all feel right now, and this is not a political thing. This is just wh- whoever you are on this planet,
0: yeah. to some
1: degree you are feeling nervous right now because this is a time of anxiety, right? Um remember that that's important and that that's not a feeling that you need to run away from. It's not a feeling you need to pretend doesn't exist. And it's also not a feeling that you need to dwell in. It's something to acknowledge yeah. and to say, I'm anxious for, for a reason, you know, and to, and to lean into it and to not avoid feeling it. And I think that um, we can apply that to our lives as parents as well. Well said. I
0: think so much of this show is that balance of um, our relationship with the past and the future and trying to ground ourselves in the present, you know? Totally. So, good. Well, <laughs> I'm glad we were able to bring it to that place, um, and I hope that
1: this therapy session has been helpful for you. It was. My insurance is a little messed up right now, John. I'm going to have to pay you next week. I hope you can you can you know be okay with that. I, I
0: it'll incur interest, but that's fine. That's okay. I know you're good for it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks everybody. Hey, Talk to you later. See you soon. Bye. All right. Bye.